Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, make it better than yesterday You can always find a way to turn it all around again It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday You can always find a way to start over again When the sun rises, you can to start over again You can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Happy New Year! Oh, shit. Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Queer! Yes, okay. it is 2023. <laughs> we are recording on New Year's Day. It is, it, That's it. 2022 was amazing for me. Um, I can't Ooh. remember a year in recent times that was better than 2022. <laughs> Wow. It, it, was, it was a great year. It was a great year for me. I had a great time. Um and yeah, how was your how was your New Year's? Did you did you do anything to celebrate with your people? You know what? It's so funny. It uh, I was gonna meet up with a friend for New Year's and uh I apologize for my squinting. My glasses broke and uh they broke at the part where the bridge meets the lens. They didn't break mm -hmm. like in between and half. So it was a whole thing anyway. So I can't really see as well as I want today. Um, anyway, so for New Year's, which was impacted by my vision, <laughs> this was like a week ago, my glasses broke. Uh, I was gonna meet up with a friend in West Seattle cause Seattle is like Seattle and then there's West Seattle, but West Seattle is Seattle, it's a whole thing. And you can either get there really quickly on the south end or you got to go all the way downtown and then go over a bridge and come back around. Mm -hmm. And so because it was New Year's, the buses run funny, you know, it's the weekend. And so I had to take the bus all the way downtown and I missed my connecting bus. So I was like in the midst of downtown foolishness, but ran into some young brothers, some young black men, cis dudes um, who were just like hanging out. You know, I was like, oh, hey, black people, hey, black people. And so because I missed my bus and it was kind of close to midnight, I ran in. I brought the new year in with some with two random brothers from Florida who are in their 20s, some young men. And they were like, I'm so blessed. They cried and stuff, drinking crown, you know, <laughs> you know, and I let them know about, you know, where the Kwanzaa stuff is at and where the, you know, where they can go get their black eyed peas and greens tomorrow because there's some local orgs that do some things. So it was really, you know, it was really cool. Even though I had this plan to meet up with a friend, they were doing like a, 
how a neighborhood crawl, house crawl kind of thing, the different homes to drink or something. I don't know. But they're a little younger, too, because I was like, that does seem like a lot, but I was going to, you know, put myself out there, you know. But uh, but it worked out. I spent it with random people, random black people, and it was beautiful. I had a moment with these younger dudes who were like, yeah, unk. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> it was cute. It was cute. How about yourself? What you do? I didn't do shit, baby. I had my sparkly <laughs> outfit hanging up on my closet ready. I had my shoes. I knew exactly what I was going to wear to go out to the neighborhood and bring on, 2020, 2023 in right with the people like I did last year. And honey, <laughs> I had went in there and laid on the bed. I know that's red shit. <laughs> Why did I do that, baby? Because I woke up to the gunshots at 12. <laughs> Happy New Year. Like, okay. what is going on? And I was like, oh, it's gunshots. Well, it was probably like 11.57. People are in my area. They go crazy. Instead of doing it exactly 12, they just get started. I don't know if their phone is on, what their watches is doing. I don't know what they do. <laughs> but they just start, but... Yeah, they got a little about a minute early. So they get to shooting. And then, but once 12 hit, whoa. So I woke up and was like, oh, I might as well just Damn. go back to sleep. And I woke up at like a cute little eight o'clock today. <laughs> and I went to um, I went to my favorite um, breakfast eatery and okay. ate a fire-ass breakfast. Then I went Come shopping. for the eatery, not the restaurant, the eatery. That's what it's called. It's called Snooze Eatery. They specialize in Ooh, breakfast. And <laughs> <laughs> fancy-ass breakfast. And it's so bomb. Um, love it, love it, love it, love it. Then I went shopping a little bit. Found some... Um, Found some little rings and jewelry and just different little stuff that I that I have been looking for. Um, yeah, it's been pretty dope. Did you cook? Did you do the traditional cooking stuff? No, but I did. I almost get all my laundry done. Um, right. <laughs> yesterday, I was working real hard trying to get it under the deadline. Excuse me. Um, but I also went to Kwanzaa yesterday, which I'll talk a little bit more later in the euphoria, you know, because about five black people here. So it was <laughs> definitely, <laughs> chilling, you know, this black ass face. But um, yeah, no, I didn't I didn't cook. My pastor cooked at my very black, very gay, very queer, very, you know, black queer centered, not queer, you know, just Jesus centered. But anyway, liberation theology, Afro Christianity, the whole bit. And so uh, he did some cooking in his fabulous flamboyant self. Had some my, my, my black eyed peas. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had some greens at the crib. Uh, this morning I had a couple peas. So I had some peas myself. So I was like, I don't want to make sure I'm going to miss my peas, my black eyed peas, so I can make sure I bring in this year right. So I didn't really mm. cook, cook, but I ate other people's food macaroni and cheese, some greens, uh, some peas. I got some chicken. I got a plate sitting that way right <laughs> now but i didn't cook it did you cook i, I did cook. cook i cooked some neck bones and greens okay and what I kind of greens collards and um kale mixed okay uh, you bougie like, bougie greens i like collard and kale mixed That's okay my favorite <laughs> what happened to mustards and turnips don't nobody do mustards and turnips no more they that's do. just the midwest they do midwest they do mustard and turnips I like, I don't know. I just like how the texture of collars and kales together. Uh, 
collards. But you cook them right. Yeah, yeah you you, be, I mean, you gotta cook them right. You gotta, yeah, cook, you gotta, right. You gotta cook them right so they can be tender, baby. Um, <laughs> Uh, what else? Yeah, with some, you know, some neck bones, cornbread. cornbread, and some mac and cheese. So, yeah. And no peas. I did not get any peas. I did not get any peas because I was lazy and didn't want to go back to the stove. So, I already I'm sure had. Your will be just fine. <laughs> it will be just fine. Yeah, it was delicious. I loved. Um, I I loved it. Everything was good. Only thing I miss is that I don't cook chitlins. Do you eat chitlins? I haven't eaten chitlins since I was a little kid. Um, the smell of the cooking of the chitlins <laughs> has always kind of turned me off. Uh, I remember the wow. first time I smelled <laughs> chitlins for those for those of our patrons. Our patrons can see our faces, right? Our Patreon <laughs> members. Okay, so for y'all, those y'all who are listening, it's a lot, y'all. Um, <laughs> Because anyway, I feel like so, this yeah, conversation is going into an anti-black direction, and I don't like Listen, it. So I came in the house. I came in the house. Okay, because my mom didn't cook chitlins. My mom would cook like spaghetti. She had her special dishes. She didn't cook. She wasn't the person that was cooking greens and you know chitlins and everything. She had she cooked spaghetti. She cooked cream. She had a uh, a, a corn thing that she cooked. You know, she had her special dishes. She was not that person. We went. We outsourced that. We either went to somebody's house or she had somebody she would pay to make mm. a pan and we would go slide by, pick it up and take it to the house, to somebody mm. else's house. Okay. So she just wasn't so a cook. She, she had certain things, nah, but she just nah, wasn't. She was, she was teacher auntie mode. Like mm -hmm. that's, you know, I'll get it. I'll make sure it happens, okay? I might not do it, but I'll make sure it happens. Anyway, the chilling. So I get to the house the first time. I'm a little kid under 10. You know what I mean? And I get to the door and my mom Mary's house and I'm like, what in the world? I'm going back on the porch. What is happening? <laughs> what, the hell? what is this? What is that smell? <laughs> what the hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, nobody told me. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we just black, you know? <laughs> and it was like, oh, baby, there ain't nothing but the chitlins. What it smell like? <laughs> I didn't even have a word for it back then. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't like, oh, it smells like shit. It smells like boot. You know, because it doesn't even smell like. No. It don't smell like. It doesn't smell like anything you've ever smelled before because it's very strong. It doesn't smell like, it doesn't smell like you know, boo boo. Yeah. Because it is pig intestine. Yes. It but is. if you're cleaning chitlins properly, once they're done, they're not gonna smell like that once they're done. The whole point is to clean them. And they so don't like, really smell like boo boo. They don't smell. No, but it's a very strong. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's not a pleasant. I wouldn't say pleasant, but it's, it's not, not pleasant. It's, That's the um, best way. <laughs> it's not. It's strong. It's like it's like almost pungent, pungent. but it's not That's pungent. Yeah, but it's That's like hard. it it hits you oh, in the face. Definitely, most definitely. You know that they clean a pig intestines. Yes. So AKA my mom doesn't chitlin. clean chitlins in the house. So when I grow oh, up, so my go. mother, yes, <laughs> my go. mother does there not clean chicklin in the house. So we now, when we get a bucket of chicklins, now this is old school. <laughs> so that's first of all. So you ain't gonna be coming in the house smelling her clean the chitlins because that yeah, is that's what was happening. I can't and that don't leave the house for a long time. <laughs> Oh my God! So right. my mom would take <laughs> take the big red bucket of yeah, chitlins, yeah. 
yeah. a big rib. Um, what is it? It wasn't a. It's not a cube. It's not a square. It's kind of like a. No, it's like a pail or something. It's like a pail, yeah. Of. So it's a big red bucket with a white lid. I don't know if everybody had their chitlins like that, but ours was like that. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you something after you finish the story. I got to tell you something about chitlins. So she would take it out on the porch <laughs> and she would, um, she would have a, she would have the bucket. It had already been thawed out. So everything is liquidy. <laughs> and so she would have a big ass, um, a big ass um, pan and she would be taken in the bucket stripping cleaning and pushing out some and she will take the holes this is what's crazy she would take the holes and put it in the in the chilling and push like like yeah. in the intestine push everything out anything that it because you know the manufacturer kind of clean yeah yeah the manufacturers they come already kind of clean but you have to go in there and kind of work with it and so she'll be out on the porch Honey, for like an hour, just kind of working, depending on how many she cooking. If it's just one bucket, it might not be an hour. It might be uh like a little 30 minutes. And she'll just be pulling membranes out and it'll just be the clean meat part. And so she'll. she'll I can almost smell it while you. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'll have it in a pan. Then she'll Ooh. throw that part out and then she'll clean it again. So she'll go through a clean two two clean process. And then uh-huh. you, she'll take that pan to the pot, the pot that she's going to cook it in. And in the in the pot is going to be seasoning. It's going to be um, the onion. It's going to be if you somebody some people like to put a potato in there. Some people like to put an onion. And so all of those things will be in the pot. So once it starts cooking, it's giving you the smell of chins, but it's also giving you the seasoning of pork, like pork, yeah. cooking, pork cooking and da-da-da-da-da. So it's not, <laughs> the house is not giving you that strong, fresh chitlin smell. <laughs> but so, I love it. I love chitlins. <laughs> so my brother, I asked my, that's my, that's one of my brothers who said, what you, uh, I was like, you had some chitlins. I think this was for around uh, in November, not Thanksgiving, because you know we don't celebrate genocide over here. But uh, I said, what you you get some? Chitlins? No, I ain't getting no chitlins. They want thirty dollars for a thing. What the hell is going on with the chitlins? I guess there was like a shortage in chitlins or something this year. No, and they, they were just, charging they, like no, a they just amount of like, money. They just like oxtails. The white people don't. Oh, the white guy. <laughs> Oh damn! So now it's a delicacy. <laughs> now it's a delicacy, child, and it done jacked it up to. Because um, he was $30. like, "I'm not paying no damn thirty, forty dollars for the bucket of shit." Like, <laughs> 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 I didn't know. When the black people eating chitlins, it was fine. Now the white folks found the chitlins. We want to charge twenty million dollars for some chitlins. <laughs> for some yeah. chitlins. Thirty dollars for some chitlins. Buck, for that red bucket. For that red bucket. I was gagged. <laughs> I did see that. You saw that? It was like mm-hmm. that. Oh, no. That was too much. So, <laughs> yes. It, the chitlins are delicious. I didn't eat. I only ate chitlins during holiday times when my mom or my right. great aunt or one of the cooks in my family would do it. So, it wasn't like I... I never really cooked chitlins myself. <laughs> so that never really was something that I had done other than helping mm. my mama prepare them and cook them or whatever. And I so, see. yeah, that's what I did. I do miss 
because I live in Texas and most of my family lives elsewhere, the cooks <laughs> are back in Indianapolis yeah. or Mississippi um, mm-hmm. or Louisiana. Because I don't live in those areas, I don't have anybody that is that can I can go to the house and be like, oh, I know they're gonna have some chitlins, and so let me go and visit and I, get something to eat for the holidays. <laughs> I got you. So yeah, you gotta cook. Yeah, so I either got to cook them or whatever. And I have never actually cooked them. So I don't know if I'm going to, but (laughs) I do miss that. Are there any restaurants out there that serve chitlins? Yes. Mickey's. All the soul food places serve chitlins. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah. Right, because you're down south. Yeah. So I had, (laughs) you know what? I didn't even think about it because I just never crossed my mind to go to a place and buy some chitlins. (laughs) But they do. I know they do. Because they do it. I don't think I ever heard somebody say that statement you just said. <laughs> Let me go buy some chilies. Um, but yeah. they have it all year round, though. It's they have it, none of they have it. Um, the Mickey, she has it on a particular day. They cook chitlins on a particular day. So serve chitlins. And so it'll be like on on Sunday. <laughs> it's so involved. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday is when the Man. chitlins will be served. And it's on the menu. Yeah. Only on they Sunday. They do a buffet. Was it like a buffet kind of thing? No, or? it's not a buffet. It's a, you come, it's like a, I don't know what this type of restaurant, where you come and have your tray and come down and you tell them what you want and then go pay for oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of place. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was, yeah, I miss having some chitlin. So that's what I'm going to do. So y'all, if you are listening to the show and you enjoy chitlins, let a bitch know. Hashtag <laughs> 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 this play. Um, yeah. If your family buy a vegan version, a vegetarian version of chitlins. Baby, listen, if I ever see a motherfucker (laughs) bring me a vegetarian version of chitlins, I am turning the table over. Is is anti-blackness. And yeah, let us know. Let people. us know. Let us know if any hood vegans, any 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 black vegans out there. Y'all got any uh, you know. I love vegans. I love, I there's tons of vegan food, but do not bring no motherfucking vegan <laughs> version of chitlins anywhere near me or I'm turning over the <laughs> Hashtag Marsha's play. And make sure you make diamond a plate. <laughs> not at all. You're listening to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Oh, now listen, I know what is basic trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic ass. What's basic <laughs> for me in this life could be just the beginning for you. Trans 101. Yeah. The terms masculine and feminine refer to traits or characteristics typically associated with being male or female or man or woman, those kind of things, respectfully. Traditionally, masculinity and femininity has been conceptualized as like 
opposites on a binary, like masculine being on this side and feminine being on this side, masculine being extreme on this end and femininity being extreme on one end. But there are more modern concepts where masculinity is on its own binary where you got toxic masculinity all the way on this end and then a more healthier masculinity over here and same thing with the um femininity how people perform their masculinity or perform their femininity or really perform their gender expression on any level is not a definitive indication of their sexuality it is not a definitive indication of their identity Wherever you fall in this masculine and feminine matrix, it doesn't really tell you everything about you or anybody else for that matter. Now, because of socialization and some of the systems that are in place in the world, when we talk about racism, sexism, capitalism, etc., etc., these systems inform some of some of our constructs like race gender and how we perform them so because of these things sometimes we can use elements that are deemed masculine and feminine to indicate something about ourselves because we want to get a job or because we want to get a mate or we want to be perceived in a certain way so we can do things that we know is socially acceptable as being masculine or being feminine to indicate something because the world that we live in has attached social cues when we see certain things that we have a collectively quote unquote agreed that is masculine or feminine. So we can be tempted to use these kind of indicators to convey a message. A 101 example is I can put on a rainbow bracelet, rainbow earrings, rainbow shirt or rainbow something to indicate that I'm gay, that I'm a part of the LGBT community. Simple because we have associated gayness with that rainbow symbolism. But what I want you to understand and get very, very clear is that this masculine and feminine shit is arbitrary and artificial at the same time as being real. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, I hope this is this, this may be a little bit deeper than what I want, but similar to race, science has proven that there is no difference in the races in the world. But we know that the race categories exist. We know that they affect people's lives because we have created this social construct to fuel white supremacy. So in one way it is fake and one way it is very real. So masculine and feminine is similar in that way that it is both real and fake, but it fuels patriarchy and keeps people in certain categories when it comes to gender, when it comes to how they are supposed to socialize, to be respected, accepted, and generally navigate the world smoothly or not. But you gotta also remember that some of these masculine and feminine traits, whether it be physical or behavioral, are something you just can't control. You cannot control it. Some things are biology. For example, if you are a cisgender woman and you are shaped like a triangle, like your shoulders are bigger than your hips, that has been deemed a more masculine frame. You can go get a BBL, but you were born this way. It's nothing that you had any control in. 
Sometimes it could be something cultural or something that you picked up from your environment. For example, your accent. If you have a British accent and you live in America, because of white supremacy, that association with Europe, it can give you an image of being more classy. It can give you an image of being more refined, more soft and civil, AKA more feminine. But you don't get to control that. That's just where you were born, how you were raised, and you just picked up that accent because that's how your parents talked. These rules about femininity, these rules about masculinity are so arbitrary and superficial that they're gonna change with time. For example, right now, pink is associated with being a girl, being girly and being feminine. But pink was actually masculine for a very, very long time. And heels were made for men to make them taller because height is considered masculine. Having a plump, fat body was considered feminine for a very, very long time until anti-blackness came and racism said, mm, not so fast as looking too close to African. There are books about this you can read. One is Fearing the Black Body. Another is Belly of the Beast, The Politics of Anti-Fatness and Anti-Blackness. Check them out. I'll have a link at the bottom. So listen, there is going to be a constant messaging, a constant pressure around what is masculine and feminine from the outside of who you are. You can agree with some of it and you can disagree with some of it. Just know that you're not out here alone. We are all battling this gender binary. We are all battling these masculine and feminine concepts. No matter how normal you think you are, if you're a guy deciding on whether or not to wear a black or brown suit to that interview because you want to seem more powerful, there is some gender concepts connotation in there that informs your decision. If you are a woman deciding if you're gonna put a business skirt on or a business suit with pants to go to that interview to seem either more powerful or more feminine to be accepted, there is some gender connotation in there. Some masculine and feminine choices that you are battling in order to be accepted. You can also be making these choices as a rebellion, not to really dismantle it, but just to Sock it to him. I cut all my hair off bald, even though I still believe long, flowy, curly hair is beautiful, but I cut my shit off because I want to buck up against that system. That doesn't dismantle that shit. It's not changing how you think in your mind. You're just doing it to be rebellious, not really to change that system in your mind. Cause you still put on your long hair wig when you want to go on a date and feel feminine. You still believe in that system. We are all battling this shit and it's okay. But I implore you to define yourself and to mind your own motherfucking business when it comes to defining somebody else's. You decide what your identity looks like and how you show up in the world. You decide it. How your gender shows up can be fluid. You can change your mind. You can be feminine one day, masculine another. You can be none of those things on the next day. You get to decide. You can learn to love your body as is, however it comes out the wound, however the genetic lottery rolls in your favor or out of your favor. You can accept 
it and love it. Or you can change it. You can go get all the surgeries or whatever you wanna do to your body because that is your choice, that is your agency. But you get to decide it, nobody else. Your gender expression is yours. Own it, feel it, enjoy it, have fun. But just know that somebody outside of you could be doing something totally different. And that is their business. That is their situation. That is their journey. It is not yours. We do live in a both and and world. And there is a reality that both outside culture determines what is masculine and feminine. And you determine what is masculine and feminine as well. And sometimes they clash. Sometimes they don't. But that's up to you. And this has been Trans 101. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Because <laughs> I'm a social media personality. I love uh -huh. to be on all the um all the apps and exploring them so you know i've been really really exploring tiktok and one of the things oh, that i have yeah it's been really 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 fun exploring and seeing what the kids is doing and you know everybody is on there it's all rage it's not just kids on there i know people love to act like tiktok is for kids uh, but, but it's uh, tons it's tons of adults on their child um <laughs> And but I love to see what people are doing. And there is a very, very interesting trend that is going on. And um, first of all, there's a trend where people are pretending to um, that celebrities died or somebody, some celebrity Yo. died for their parents. And Yo. honey, I think that that is too super, super ridiculous and just dumb no. and childish. But the funny one is um, <laughs> Angela Bassett and Courtney Vance. Yes. <laughs> Courtney Vance's son did it to them about uh, Michael B. Jordan. And I thought that was the dumbest shit where I was like, they got red for filth on the internet. Yes, they, they did. They say you're about to do that to Miss Angela after. After Chadwick, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? And so that was that that that's that's that trend is stupid <laughs> and annoying. And I'm glad he 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 put out an apology and it was all good. And so oh, he did he did put out an apology and um oh, okay. took the video down or whatever. So um 
But the trend that I want to talk about as, you know, I want to explore is there is a soft black man trend, like a soft life for black men trend. And um, and it's basically black men's attempt because it, it's straight and um, queer black men that is doing it. And it basically is their attempt to go against the norm of toxic masculinity and show them being in peace and doing peaceful things and chilling and doing soft things and not hard things. And, you know, it's, it's their version of this common thing that women are doing, which is soft life. The women do it. When I see women doing it is really, it's, it's similar to the same thing. But sometimes it has some classes, <laughs> undertones. It's very kind of a luxury afforded to people to have the luxury to have it. Yes, it, there is some things that some elements <laughs> of it that feels very eh, um, some very it, where it's against you being independent. It's it's a line that be submissive. That hypergamy, hyperfemininity, hyperfemininity. There is a line with that weird um, pick me energy. There's some oh. of that, but there's also there's also girls who just I'm just doing something luxurious for myself, or I'm just doing some self care for myself, and they're showing that life. I am not familiar with, uh, and they're showing that, that life. Yeah. You're not familiar with it. Mm-mm. Okay, Mm-mm. so it, if you follow hashtag soft life, you'll find what I'm talking about. So like it, on any platform, Instagram, TikTok. But on TikTok, there is a male version that I think is okay. so adorable. That I think is so adorable. And it's men doing stuff. Now, I think it's adorable. And I think that it is their attempt to you know, go against the grain and show that men can be soft and it, it doesn't need to be um, associated with gayness. It doesn't need to be associated with sexuality at all. It doesn't need to be associated with anything. It's just that, yo, we can do this stuff too. But my only critique that I have been seeing is when I see them doing it, the thing that they're always fucking doing is cooking and cleaning. Or, or washing their tails, doing something that has to do with grooming. And so for me, huh. it's really, really annoying because if that is what you consider soft, you're not really dismantling anything. You are That's still aligning with the stereotype of what's masculine and what's feminine. So if you are cooking, showing us videos of you cooking and making that's the soft life, that you're just saying that cooking is the soft life. And I don't feel cooking is soft. I feel like cooking is what all us fucking humans need to do yeah, because we are grown and have to take care of ourselves. That's not soft. I don't think there is a feminine and masculine to cooking. And then cleaning your house. Cleaning, there's nothing feminine about cleaning. And if you think that it is, that's aligned with <laughs> the wrong narrative. That's not dismantling nothing. <laughs> that you cleaning, we 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 want to keep our house and our surroundings tidy. We want to, you know what I'm saying? 
that's a part of everybody's life, being tidy and clean and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's not a masculine and feminine thing. That's not, is, is that softness? I don't know. I, it feels like, that's my only critique. I think it's adorable, but it's like, it has to be deeper. It has to be something deeper yeah. that you can show us that is considered soft. And I don't know what necessarily that is, but um, you going to get a pedicure, I don't know if that's, it might be soft because because toxic masculinity is so I'm far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so far from taking care of your body if you're a man or you can't do nothing anything like that so i get it but it's like uh what is what is what what is deeper what is what is more um what is the deeper level of a black man being soft so that is my question for you what do you think about what i described to you in regards to them bucking up against that the narrative the narrative that men black men are hard and and toxic masculinity and all those kind of thing. And also, what would you think is a deeper level if you had to see people doing things? Like if you had to curate some videos and content to show a man embracing emotional intelligence, a man embracing softness, embracing um, whatever non-toxic masculinity is, that kind of healthy masculinity, what does that look like? What would you, what would be some examples for, from you or not necessarily from you or that you would want to see that would be um, examples of softness that black men experience? Ooh, I've got a couple different, <laughs> kind of taking that all in. I think my my first thought is, and I say this about when we have conversations around trans folks and gender and talk about these categories and what we're bucking against or we're not bucking against, my general my first just observation, I would say, impossible and critique-ish is like the whole framework is still using like a Eurocentric framework. It's like you're it's like don't work hard to put yourself in a framework and then say, I'm bucking against it. When it, in a lot of ways, it's not applicable to our communities in the same way. We exist outside of that. I know we exist in it, but we also exist outside of it. So I'll, for example, my dad's somebody, like a lot of the black men in my life, when I was growing up, took care, you know, they groomed themselves, they took care of themselves. They, you know, things that, you know, would be according to this soft, were just like regular ass things that black men did. <laughs> in the community that I saw growing up. Um, and it wasn't considered soft. It was considered just things you did. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm just saying like, ooh, lots of thoughts. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, we're in this social structure. We have to navigate it, but we have our own governance structure within our community that bucks against that because it's not an organic thing for us. It's not an organic thing for anybody cause it's designed to control. And so what you're saying, you know, it doesn't necessarily, it never has served us. It never has worked for us in our communities and to be, to be, uh, the, to live up to those kind of standards. Cause it does not um, give us the same um, results that other groups might get. And so we've always had a queer or nuanced way of being in that kind of way. Is that what you mean? I mean, it's not, we're not from here. 
we're not European. We're just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not indigenous to us anyway, right? Is what I'm saying. It's like, this is, it's not a necessarily a natural thing. It's just something to facilitate being in this society. Because what I'm hearing is folks are like, I'm doing all the things I need to do according to society. And now I'm going to buck against it. But you don't even have to do that. Is all is what is what is what I'm saying. Like you were okay as you were before you were trying. You know what I mean? Like some of these things. I know I'm, I might be getting a little too abstract, but like, and like I was saying around when we talk about sometimes talk about gender in the trans community. It's like some of this stuff applies and some of it doesn't. And we don't have to go into boxes or do all you know do acrobatics to make sense out of some shit that don't even make sense around some of these gender structural things and. The general society, the social structure of like, this is a man, this is a woman, this are our expectations of men. Because we know back in the day, black women are working and, and that's just fucking up the black man, all these things. And it's like, we know that gender looks different in our community. The expectations look different oftentimes. And the closer you get to more money, the closer folks tend to get a little bit to that social structure expectations around. These are the expectations for men and these are the expectations for women. Because we were not in power and we were just trying to survive on this continent, we were always querying what it looked like yeah. to be a woman, what it looked like to be a man. According to them. According to them, we because we're in on this land so trying to survive, there was always a way that it, how we came in the world, how we navigated the world, how we um, engaged with the world has always been more or twisting, not necessarily to be like the perfect image but to make it work for us in how it how it shows up for us so i, I mean, go ahead you went to an hbcu right so it's like you like that is a really good example like a lot of hbcus right because it's like this looked like a path back in the day right like if we just do these things the quote-unquote respectability da -da -da -da, that victorian age and all that kind of stuff and it's like even though a lot of that stuff's not necessarily organic, even in our communities when folks try to do it, because our our quote unquote gender stuff is way more flexible than the social structure stuff around gender. It's not as you know rigid. Do do you think it's more flexible from your opinion and what you think, or you, is it no? no is I, it more I, flexible than what people want to admit? I think it's more flexible than what people, I think it's more flexible than what some people want to admit. I think it's more in flexible our in our community. Yeah. I mean, we already know like black men spend more time with their kids than white men, than most men, right? White men, other men of color, right? Even though they're not married, right? But the social structure says you have to be married. But now we have statistics that show that black men are more involved regardless if they married or not. Mm -hmm. so like that's what i'm saying it's like so if we're using it's like when we use that framework which we all have to navigate it like kind of it gets in the way of just some of the stuff that just happens kind of that's in our ways of knowing as 
African people, as black people, as displaced black people, part of the diaspora, there are through lines and how our gender stuff, regardless of how we have to push against these social structures that you see from people uh, in the American African diaspora, whether they Jamaican, whether they in South, you know what I'm saying? As just like West African people, you know what I mean? In terms of how we navigate. And so, yeah, we have to use these structures to kind of do things, but it does kind of pain me a little bit to hear folks be like, well, I'm going to be soft when it's like, according to who? You know what I'm saying? That's that's all I'm that's that's where I where it gets weird for me, because it's like, yo, we you know, we you know, when if you go to community events, we hug, we love you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying everybody all the time, but there are certain ways that how we get down when, when it's a community thing or a family thing that is way more affectionate and things like that that you don't see that would be considered, according to the social structure, a little weird or or that's, you know, not what men are supposed to do. Or that's but not what women are and it's still to a, do. And it's still a norm in our community that we don't yeah. share or talk about because that cookie cutter masculinity is what's supposed to be. Is that what I'm trying to gather what you're saying? Yeah, the cookie cutter. The cookie, the cookie cutter, cutter is the- what people show, but what we know in seeing in our community, there can be. Uh, uh, a softness and a tenderness that still aligns with traditional um, black manhood, but it's not what you may see on a video. It may not be what you see that they promote. It may not be um, the side of the community that motherfuckers boast and act like this is what manhood look like. Because I, I think I, not I think I know, I've seen a Tender fathers. I've seen yeah. tender, tender um, male, tender and male gangsters. Yes, tender, tender all kind of up and down, good, bad, ugly, tender. I, I don't want to say tender. I've seen it without harshness or without um, some rigid pieces, but I I have seen some tenderness in places that you would not expect, and I've seen that a lot growing up. I've seen it in hood niggas i seen it in from drug dealers to pimps to to whatever black masculinity looked like uh yes it was there some toxicity there absolutely but there also is tenderness in the toxicity there was in our community often you know what i'm saying like it's it's a we are different you know what i mean and it's not like you know it's like we are who we are and we have our own governance stuff and it's okay (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. So you tell it's me, okay. so what, so tell me, what would be, what would you want to see? Like, if you, because I don't know, I do think that there needs to be a, um, a display of it. I don't, I, I, in the same way that we have had a display of misogyny and objectification and all the toxic shit, I think there do needs a, to be a display of, um, of whatever soft is is whatever that tenderness and soft is. Well, I, I, I mean, I see it, I see it a lot online. I see it in my day. I see it in my regular experience with family. I see that tenderness in you know stuff I see in the community. You know, like yeah, I was just at Kwanzaa Give me this a, week. A curated example. So I was just at Kwanzaa this week, and it was just nothing but love. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't know. I'm still new to the area, mm-hmm. but I'm getting hugs and stuff. 
love, support, people just, you know, just offering that love seeing uh, men with their children or just with other men, with other women. Um, it's, it wasn't, um, you know, or like I said, with my family in particular, like I know like when my dad, like my dad cleans his nails, he gets, you know, manicure, pedicure, he takes care of himself. Most of the men in my family, not all of them, but like a lot of the men in my family, you know, they groom and take care, you know, they try to take care of themselves, you know, or if there's beef with the parents, mom and dad, they don't really talk that goodness, that good shit around the kids. Sometimes they try to, you know, just intentional, being intentional. Like I get the whole movement around the softness thing, but I also, my only like push on it, it's like, you're not white dudes. We're not white people. We don't have to like use that framework and be like, see how I'm not in this framework, but I should be. We don't. You shouldn't even. It don't. You know what I'm saying? That's where. I, that's kind of the angle the I'm coming from. You're coming. Right. They shouldn't be the standard. Right. Exactly. And so it's it's kind of setting that as like a default, and that's why that's why I say it's kind of similar in some of our conversations around gender stuff within the trans community. It's like no, these 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 labels and things they they facilitate conversation they facilitate access to resources they facilitate and for some people it's affirmation but we have to also remember that gender as a social construct and the way we talking about it is still connected to heteropatriarchy and white folks and eurocentric shit they ain't got mm. shit to do with us mm. we just in it and we gotta, and we navigate. Can do something <laughs> we gotta navigate it and we yeah. can do something different as trans people as black people be if they are not the standard what would our standards be what would it look like? What would softness look like if you were creating your own your own standard of masculinity? If you was creating your own standard of what femininity looked like, what is that? What is that for you, listener? What what is that for you? If if these if you weren't responding to all these negative stereotypes or the of what um to, of or what um Tony Morrison calls the master narrative. If you were not yeah. responding to the master, right narr- the master narrative, what would you, what would your masculinity look like? Would it necessarily, because if, which goes back to what I was saying, because your men, it feel like the men who are participating in this, um, in this um, challenge or whatever, it feels like you are responding to the master narrative. That's why you see, that's why you see them cooking and cleaning and grooming because the master narrative is saying that you should mas- not be doing that. Right. Cause right. masculine, if you're masculine, you should not be doing that. And it also just depends on who you are, where you at and how much you're receiving your, your, you know, where you're at. Like I live in a place that's particularly white. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, you know, when I was living back in a place that was, you know, 40% black and all I was experiencing was dealing with other black folks, then I saw more diversity and experiences and uh, representations of masculinity in a way that I don't see on a daily basis here. So mm-hmm. I think it depends on like where you live. It depends on what you, you know what I'm saying? Like where, where you're situated. If you're in a college town, you probably seen a whole bunch of white folks, maybe just seeing some football players that's black. <laughs> if you were in a city with a whole bunch of black folks, you know what I mean? It, all those things, all those things, you know, um, play, come into play, I think, in terms of, you know, how people show up and, you know, who we get to see on a regular basis as representations of masculinity. I don't know if that's making sense. I would want to see. There's this dude. His his name is um. I ain't gonna say his name, 
But this dude that I am friends with on Facebook, I freaking love his videos with his kids. He has been in his kids' life, his life, you know, since they were born, and he really takes care of his children. He has three kids by the same woman. Yeah. And they, um, he has a, a, a older boy, a middle girl child, and a younger baby boy. And they are, he drives them to school. The mom drives them to school too, but because I'm friends with him, we only see her, I only see him engaging with them. And uh. he takes them to the, he just do dad shit. And I know it's normal dad shit, but how he does it, in this black ass way is so fun and so relatable to me and so cute. That's the thing, Diamond, is that what they have now shown through studies is that like black men are more like involved with their kids' lives on like an interpersonal level. Like even though white families, they might be married, the type of um, time and attention that you're talking about, they, they know now like statistically that a lot of white fathers aren't spending that kind of like you might be paying the bills and coming you know coming out whatever and being in the house technically but if you but they're not spending that kind of time that kind of intimate time with their children in the same way that black fathers do um and and black father figures do and so like that's and that's that's very unique to us and i think that's a beautiful because you don't see that across the board and that's all i'm saying it's like we ain't we actually we ain't even slipping we just slipping according to the social structure he sits he will be in there teaching them songs like from the 90s that it ain't never no kind of um you know it ain't i want to sex you up right it, no it ain't definitely <laughs> nothing like that but it's it's cool ass rap songs like um, special k or some sh shit that's cool that's fun children that's appropriate yeah. children appropriate and um he kisses them he um he's very tender with them he's like he just very is just beautifully tender with them and he's a just because he's a hood dude like you can tell like it's like this is your stereotypical hood dude and he knows how to be this softness from from his son to his daughter like it's when i see him engaging with them it's not i'm uh, being tough with my daughter and i mean tough with my son and, and tender with my daughter he is tender with all of them in the mm -hmm. same way and it's so beautiful to me so that is that is the type of soft life i want to see um when it on an individual level um mm -hmm. I just like men to be having fun that don't revolve mm -hmm. around disrespecting women or don't revolve around the prowess of chasing women. Like usually right. dudes recording stuff and they're trying to get females, quote unquote, trying to, um, you know, talking about how they chasing girls, how they fucking girls, how they, how they turning bitches out and da, 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 da. It's like I'm just having fun and being with my mm -hmm. friends. Like, I'm just, I want to say never, I see it sometimes, but that is the kind of softness that I want to see where you're just having fun. And it's not about chasing women and proving to each other that you can chase women. Any examples that are coming to my mind are not examples. <laughs> they're good. They're good. Oh damn! <laughs> I'm, I, their visual gives me soft man. Like for example, um, 
calligraphist. I think his name is calligraphist. He's a guy from London, but I don't really necessarily think of him as soft. Yes, his, some of his images are, but yeah, he just really like a dandy. That, do you know what a dandy is? Would you like to describe a dandy? Here's the definition. A boy that dressed nice. <laughs> a man duly devoted to style, neatness, and fashion in dress and appearance. Yes, a man that is devoted to style, neatness, and fashion in dress and appearance. So, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that's soft. I, I that because that's normal grooming and just looking nice. And so, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, oh. but mm. visually, when I see images of, there's a lot of these dudes that I'm, that I'm seeing that it just feels like they are, they're being soft and comfortable and, and just, I would want to see more of that. I would want to see more. I guess that's, I guess that's what it is. I want to see what is deeper to me other than cooking and cleaning child and, and <laughs> watching your chair. <laughs> It is what oh. all the whatever the Question. prowess. Wait, wait, wait. Whatever the um, it feels like men when they are socializing. First of all, they're not socialized to be good people, but when they are socializing, it's all about chasing women, impressing each other on this toxic masculine level. And so, what is your life outside of that? What does it look like when you're trying to have a good time and it does not involve sex and chasing pussy and chasing money and chasing this image of whatever, this Andrew Tate image of masculinity? What is, oh. <laughs> what, what does it Listen, look like? Now, why do you have to go there? <laughs> what, what does it look like? What does it look like when you're not exploiting the world <laughs> what, does, what does that wait 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 andrew tate you know now everybody might not know who that is i didn't know who that man was until the greta thunberg laid him out on the internet can you uh clue you know you everybody for folks who don't know well andrew tate is um like a podcaster dude one of those red pill dudes he basically like the white version, white, I think it's Latina. He could be Latina too. I don't know what his race is, but it's very white. Um, this kind of white, white, white Hispanic. Yeah, no, white Hispanic be like white, not Hispanic, black, not Hispanic. Yeah, all of that kind of Even stuff. Even though we know Hispanic is problematic. Those kind of people. <laughs> he's one of those kind of, he's basically like the Kevin Samuels of, <laughs> of, <whites. laughs> of the Hispanic whites. <laughs> The whites, um, yeah, he's and then the like baby the, cleared them, right? Very clear on the internet, very misogynistic, very red pill, that kind of gross, disgusting, anti woman misogyny, motherfucker. So that's become normal, become normalized to be like, this is just like a thing because that shit did not used to be normal prior to 2000 because <laughs> it, it, it was socially unacceptable. Uh, it was more socially unacceptable mm, on the level that it is now. Like it wasn't yeah. no. At least in my opinion, when I was out here in the world as a black woman, <laughs> that shit was not feeling like you know because it just because it was this forward momentum that got kind of put on pause. In my opinion, in the two. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go back that far. I would say it was a rise in the past. I want to say. 10 years. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say twenty. They've been. I'm just saying the last. I agree. The last ten years, they've been normalizing stuff that used to be considered extreme. The extreme stuff is now considered normal in a way. And before certain things that are considered normal, the popular, the popular, in the same way that the it didn't go away. It's like race. It's like these kind of races. These proud boys and these Kuka clans and these um. That I that ideology it doesn't go away. I'm not. I don't. I, please, y'all know me. I am not saying that racism was cured <laughs> in any of the anyway, shape, form, or fashion. But there is a time when it kind of goes underground and it's not as vocal. It's not as poignant. It's not as on full display. And I think. In the past ten years, racism has been, and misogyny, and, yep. and must both of those things have been on full display in the past ten years. There is a there has been a lot of misogyny, soft push, push a little, push a little bit more, 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 and then and now we yeah now we're ten years later and we're talking about this person. <clears throat> or even that boy, that <clears throat> the white dude who is Hispanic, quote unquote, who ran for, who won his seat in Congress and was like, I went to NYU or something like that. I was during, there during 9-11. He like lied about all this stuff. He's a Republican. And they were like, oh yeah, he's going to, we still going to let him be a Congressperson. You know what I mean? And he's like, all these things that are problematic. Wow. But, but yeah, I mean, that's how you get to authoritarianism folks <laughs> that's <laughs> it'd be a soft little this is you know we just it's okay we go push the line push the line push the line push the line um but um i'm glad yeah, people are I, starting think, to that. I think obama ushered that in not uh, not him but the, white their, lash, their the, white re lash. the yeah. response to him and then hillary trying to come behind him just took it on a, a whole nother level and so their response to those two people, I think, is what got us to here and got us mm -hmm. Donald Trump, got us look, all the stuff that we got. <laughs> look, when Jane Elliott, Jane Elliott, who's been a long time white ally, advocate, anti-racist advocate, when she says this country is becoming increasingly racist, you in trouble, girl. <laughs> when Jane Elliott says we're becoming increasingly racist in like 2022, for 2021, shit. Like we got some, we gotta go reverse, reverse. Cause this is <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> Andrew Tate is one of one of the new, you know, priest of misogyny. Yeah. And recently he was arrested for <clears throat> sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. Because that's what this surprise, type of people surprise. Th right. That's what these type of people do because they have no respect for women. And so using them as a commodity is a line and on brand. And so the um, the activist Greta, what? Her, what's her name? Something. I don't know her name. Those Bergs. Mm -hmm. um, the the um, environmental <laughs> activist, the young yeah. girl. She called him out. And he responded to her and he had some pizzas in the picture that showed where he was in the picture <laughs> that he posted. 
and they found him through those pictures and arrested him for sex trafficking. And so, a win. <laughs> yeah, I think I forgot what exactly uh, she she read him though. This is what it was. He said, um, "Hello, Greta. I have thirty three cars. My Bugatti has a W sixteen." eight point liter quad hydro turbo or whatever my Ferrari has this and all that other stuff. And she said, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at small dick energy. I get a life. <laughs> <laughs> a good little burn, honey. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. The white girl. I wanted to talk about this because I think it's a beautiful thing that they are, you know, while the bar is low, I think it's a beautiful thing for <laughs> <laughs> men to be trying to give a different image, particular black men trying to give a different image. I my only critique. Straight black men. You talking about primarily straight cisgender black men? I see uh, queer women, not queer women, <laughs> queer men doing it as well. Just black men in general. I see them all doing it, but I don't think it's groundbreaking for queer men to be doing this typical soft life stuff. That's what they do. That I've always known them to do that. <laughs> Decorating their house cooking, honey, doing house parties, having fun and being glorious and fabulous. That's kind of normal. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, but, but I, they all are doing it. And I think it's beautiful, but I want it to be a little bit more deeper. And I can't, I can't say exactly what I would want to see, but what I would want to see is what does it look, what does your life look out like outside of cooking and cleaning? What is the soft life for a man who is peaceful? I follow this dude who plants a lot of shit and i think it's beautiful he take care of his plants now i don't it don't hurt that he's fine as hell <laughs> but, yeah, sure. but he looks good doing it too he yeah. looks good doing it too so he yeah. he um he take all his all his videos is about him taking care of his plants and you know of course he has his shirt off and he got a nice body <laughs> he's fine <laughs> but stuff like that i would like them to um I love following fashion dudes who have a unique fashion. I love all that kind of stuff. So I just, I would want it to be more than just cooking and cleaning. Um, it's yeah. probably, well, I was going to say, it's Go probably ahead. a lot of guys. I mean, there, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people like that. A lot of them probably just ain't on internet too. You know? No, no, no. Uh, this is I'm I'm why I brought this up is because this is an internet thing. Internet. I know this there's like tons a, of people doing this, this stuff. Right, right, but right. Because this, this is a trend. Learning. This is a trend. Right. Yeah, so, this is viral. Yeah, this is a viral yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that they're doing. And I love it. And I, even while I do think it can be a little bit shallow, I think there's a way that we can do it cheaper. I mean, do it deeper, not cheaper. Uh, <laughs> do, not it, cheaper. Do, do it deeper. <laughs> and I think this, uh, dandy. The, yes, that's a dandy. Yeah, so I don't want to say dandy and soft life because, <laughs> you know, I like dandy boys in regards who dress that clean. kind of way, who dress very clean yeah. and slacks. And I love that. That's so sexy to me that I'm a classic man look kind of look. Mm. So I love that. I love, love, love that. So and I follow a lot of Jindaya, men. Um, what's his name? Is that his name? Jodea? Something. I can't remember. Or am I yeah. mixing him with Jodea? No, it's it's just it's something. Is you close? It's something with okay. uh, um, J -J -J uh, I can't remember his name. I just know associated with Janelle Monae. Yeah, him, <laughs> classic <laughs> man. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, so listeners, let me know what y'all think of this movement. Go search it on TikTok, Soft Black Man Life. And look at some of the videos, heart them, and ask them to do more. <laughs> I want to see it. I think it's good. <laughs> Hashtag Marsha Splay. I come across this article about uh about singing and i know you're also a vocalist diamond so i'm really excited to get your thoughts on this one the 2022 has been a huge year for <clears throat> trans people in the music industry but despite the excuse me <clears throat> oh shit excuse me my bad the growing profiles of acts like kim petras ethel kane and christina the queens there exists a degree of mystery around what trans artists might go through professionally <clears throat> as they transition. Um, and this isn't more right. Anyway, as they transition. And so um, one of the people was like, I've had people tell me they didn't know I was trans because I didn't quote sound trans. Like, what does that even mean? Um, also like with testosterone, it can provide like trans masculine people uh, with a remedy for vocal dysphoria but not for trans feminine folks while well, you know because the effects of the hormones are different but also they say for singers they would definitely suggest like voice therapy uh because apparently i didn't i did not know that like surgery is an option yeah That's know, like, what is it what does it do oh it's tightened your vocal cords like i know girls who have gotten it and and their results are amazing okay oh wow they basically this article is talking about like dysphoria and just like folks who are either singing by doing like voice training or not and being like you know what fuck this normative expectations around my voice i'm just gonna do my jam thing you know depending on i, I think the genre of music um but i wanted to get your thoughts like i'm you know not just about singing but also just around um voice um just for you dysphoria um at the end they, of the article they talked about i thought it was interesting too they said whether through whether through hormone surgery vocal training or pure experimentation every transgender singer works hard to find their voice the process of discovery is as much about attitude as it is about technique at first people are often scared to sound like they're putting on a voice a voice quote unquote but if they're a performer that usually means they have more confidence to start speaking or singing differently. I found a way that singing, okay, yeah. Anyway, transition is a lifelong project and when it comes to the voice, there are countless routes of artists can take. Um, but I, that last part is really what resonated. Um, the process of discovery is much about attitude as it is about technique. And so like for you, like as a singer, as a vocalist, uh, but also you transitioned earlier in life too. Like, what was that? Like, what, what, what are your thoughts about trans vocalists and like just voice in general? Like, for example, I'm, I've made active choices to not do vocal training or not work, quote unquote, work on my voice. Right. I didn't like put the effort in to like stretch my vocal cords and things like that early in my transition, which was kind of suggested by some people um to have a deeper voice right um yeah so like what are what are your what are your thoughts around like 
Yeah, like change like the surgery piece or just like changing your voice, like as an artist, like, you know, kind of navigating that and figuring that out. The set of options I feel like for trans people who are in the arts uh, and finding the audience are like a lot different than they are even like five or 10 years ago. Um, so, um, yeah. And do you have any advice for people to just kind of navigating that? So when I was younger, um, well, first of all, I didn't get on hormones until I was 16. And so by the time I was 16, um, my, my voice had changed a few octaves because, you know, testosterone was, puberty was starting. <laughs> puberty had started. Puberty started it, started when I was nine. So from nine to 16, oh, wow. I was, you know what I'm saying? That's when growth. Yeah, growth. Like, I, that's early. That's early for a person to sign male at birth, though. Yeah, I started it. I started getting hair on my pee pee when I was nine, and I started to be able to come when I was 10. Like, oh, is that normal? That. I don't know what was normal. Because <laughs> I, mean, I, I know, like, you know, like in elementary school, quote you know, you know, uh, for the sake of how we want to have this conversation, just about cis mm -hmm. folk or cis assumed folks, right? Girls typically have their growth spurts a little earlier. And then by the time Usually. they get to high school, they short. Like for me, I was tall. Until mm -hmm. I got to middle, until I turned twelve. You know, you know yeah, usually <laughs> girls have a growth spurt before the boys do, and then yeah. the boys shoot up. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't have a growth spurt until I was in. Um, I shot up my the middle of my um, junior year, uh, between mm. sophomore and um, between sophomore and junior year. That's when I shot up to my height. Now, what does that feel like? Does it feel weird when you get taller? You don't notice it. It's gradual. You don't notice. Uh, well, shit. I'm. I don't know. It's like other kind of. It's like other kind of growing. You kind of. You don't notice yeah. it. Uh, you don't okay. notice it. You it don't, just happens. It's, it's yeah. slow. It's a gradual thing. And okay. so, um, voice. So, so let's let's say this. So when I was younger, I could hit Mariah Carey notes. Like when I'm singing, I'm just talking about singing. So when what was interesting when i was introduced to mariah carey was her first album um was her was emotions her second album or Vision no i think that's the first album the second album i think was music box yeah so okay so whatever emotions was on and I think so that's the first one yeah that's so breakout yeah yeah so emotions with when I was 12, I could hit that with ease, no problem. But All right, yeah, hit hard, like because yes, <laughs> it started at nine, but when it hit hard, <laughs> was probably around um 13. That's when it started to my voice started to deepen. You know, I started to get hoarse, I started to not be able to um sing the notes that i used to sing i used to not be able to you know what i'm saying my basically my octave started to drop and it wasn't mm -hmm. i couldn't hit the notes that i used to be able to hit and so but also those body changes were also the time that i was kind of understanding and learning transness you know what i'm saying like understanding right. this is what it was what's going to happen so by the time i was 100 for sure that this is where i'm going as far as you know living my truth as a woman as a teenage girl mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um 
whatever I want to say damage <laughs> wasn't damage, but whatever changes that testosterone would have done to my voice, it had already done it. And so I, mm-hmm. I had I went from being a counter, almost an alto tenor. No, I was an alto when I was younger um, to a baritone. When I got into high school, between 13 and 14, 15, that area is when my voice got a little bit deeper. Okay. And, and that's when the testosterone, I guess, was like, hey, we're here. We're queer. We're ready. <laughs> we're, ready to, we're ready to change it to a man. Right. And, um, right. And, and that's what it was. What I learned as far as my voice, I didn't think my, my voice is deep. Yes, it was deep. But how I talked it wouldn't get me clocked. It would get me, it would be like when I would be with dudes, they would say, God damn, you got a sexy ass deep voice. It would, it would be more like a, you know, like a Tony Braxton. Like yeah. <laughs> you sound yeah. like a, you sound like a girl. You just sound like a deep girl. That's, that's what they did would you, say. Did you practice your voice at all? Are you somebody that would practice at home or record your voice or just was just like, this is what it is? Or no, was there, I wouldn't there, say I would not practice intentionally but honey we grew up in the time of the motherfucking uh phone chat line baby so honey oh, yeah, i done re- recorded an introduction many times that's true that's true <laughs> that was hey what's your girl diamond <laughs> <laughs> light skin red bone green and brown eyes <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> when I was a okay. teenager, speaking nine hundred okay. <laughs> per minute, okay. <laughs> getting get the chat line and talking, and um, you know, pressing one and pressing three to accept this message to accept this message. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> yes. So that was a time. You know, just living through that experience and, you know, going out. I remember we didn't we were more social in in my time, in my youth, because the Internet wasn't around in the same way that it is. And so we would yeah. go to the skating rink. We would go to um, yeah. in our in our city. We had the Tyndall Armory and we would go to parties. Well, there. yeah, what now? What's it's called? called the Tyndall Armory. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Tenderoni something. I was like, Tenderoni. <laughs> no, we, you know, we had the Bobby Rounds. <laughs> yeah. That's a jam too. Sweet um, uh, little girl. Ah, okay. I'm going to have to listen to that. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, Ronnie. Yeah. Sweet little girl. Hey. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But. Okay. Yes. That's the. That's um, the. I'm sorry. That's the shit, though. Like, yes. sorry. Pause for the fucking cause of <laughs> Bobby Brown because he, he had his shit together back in the day, though. I love Bobby Brown. When I that was some good music. Um, so I always I grew up in a singing family in regards mm-hmm. to around singers. Grew up in a culture church, so you know the Clark sisters were the holy grail or vocalists. Um, in right. Church. Right. Did um, you go to a lot of like conventions or conferences, choirs? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I was community choirs. I was a part of all of that. All the yeah. church choirs, all of um, school choirs from the ch- gospel to the chamber singers. 
Um, right, right. <laughs> you know, singing, yeah. singing the white people music and the black people music. Right. Music was a part of my growing up. And so mm-hmm. um, all of that training, all of that, you know, there, there's a video in Black Music Archives that talks about the girls not getting their hours in. <laughs> the doll has gotten her hours in when it comes to vocal training. <laughs> so I can do some things with my voice. And so, yeah, um, yeah, it, 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 it lend itself for me to be able to. One thing that I did learn as I got older when they were talking about the difference between men and women's voices is that. Women, regardless if they have a low voice, high voice, da, 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 they there is a range, there's a non-monotonous level to that. They use a very like okay, so dudes kind of talk like it's kind of monotonous. It's kind of usually the one level they kind of stay at one tone but women typically go all over the place so they usually say hey how you doing my name is do you see what i'm saying so so that difference in men and women is what you have to focus on even if you have a deep voice you have mm. to you have to focus on using your range and using your tone and not be monotonous. And so that's what I learned in. But this is when I got older. When I was younger, I didn't really care. Um, I kind of just because it never was something that just was. If I intentionally tried to put on a feminine voice, I would get through. Like it would it would be when I'm not intentionally trying. Um <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That I, yeah. I would be like, hmm, you got a deep voice. Um, but it never would be in a way. It's not like, hey, buddy, I'm my name is Diamond and I'm trying to, mm. you know, and yes, I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, and there are some people that struggle with that, but I never was. My voice was deep, but it never was deep to the point. Where, and, and there's some people that's like, I'm OK with that. And some, I'm like, OK with yeah. that. So yeah. for me growing up, it never was a thing that was a problem per se. Um, you know, I have I'll go through a drive-through and somebody might clock my voice. I'll call get on a on a um customer service call where they can't see me and somebody clock my voice. But it shit that happens to me now. Like I remember when I worked at Bath and Body Works, if a person wanted my attention, say, say I'm over here putting some shipment up. And the customer can hear me but not see me. Mm-hmm. They they I would they would misgender me sometimes and then turn around and see what I look like and say, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. They will they will hear my voice and be like, oh, that must be a boy. But then when mm-hmm. they see me, oh, that's not a boy. That's a ma'am. <laughs> so it'll I'll have that happen a lot. I'll have um you know, kids will say I, I had this video on my YouTube channel that was funny about um, this little boy at Bath and Body Works when I was younger. It was probably like 2005. 
and worked there and he came up to the register and I was talking to the late his mom his mom was checking out and I was talking yeah. to her and asking her just being typical whatever you know is you need anything else typical stuff and the little boy looked at me and said are you a boy or a girl <laughs> and this boy had to be like five or six yeah and yeah. he says he was yeah. like you look like a girl but you sound like a boy kind of kind of and I was like, <laughs> get your little funky ass out of my face. That's what my brain said. But it was kind of funny. And I would have made it worse if I would have said something. But his mama said, that's a girl. What are you talking about? Doesn't she look like a girl? Look at her hair. Her hair is long. And that's what the mom says. And he was like, well, I know some boys with long hair. <laughs> so he was wearing it out. <laughs> were they white? Were they, what, were they black? Were they, what was they the... were white. They were white kids. But yeah, so it, it, voice has been just one of them things that I didn't really care too much about. Now, when it comes to singing, mm -hmm. there was some dysphoria around it because I was a baritone. And that means yeah. Yeah, I can be low, but I'm also somebody that's not scared to use all of my voice. When I am singing, mm -hmm. honey, I have a, you know, four octave range. And so I can sing high, I can sing low, I can, I, I, and I'm somebody who wants to use it all. If I'm, if I'm delivering a song, I want to use whatever's going to sound good and sound good to your ear. So when I was younger, I used to be, um, worried about that i used to be like oh i'm gonna sound like a man but i wouldn't fucking be singing in my falsetto all the time that sounds weird <laughs> so, right, for, anybody, right. for anybody and so you know some people make that work but i just it would it would be weird to me um but yeah i just i never wanted surgery i, I, I you know it's not a, that's not an expensive surgery to get it's like five thousand dollars um oh, definitely wow. accessible I like how my voice, I like what I can do to my voice. I like what I do with it. I like what I can do with it. I like what it does. I like what it sounds like. I put music out. Anybody who follows me on SoundCloud, I put music out on my SoundCloud um, probably like at least once a month, at least. Mm. And so I put music out. I love it. Getting the surgery, I felt like would have changed my voice in a way and my ability to control it in a way that I did not like. Mm. And so mm. I didn't want to take the risk as a singer who me doing music, me singing is a part of my artistry self-care type of deal. And so doing some kind of surgery that could change that would be devastating to me, would be like, mm -hmm. would be heartbreaking. And so mm -hmm. I much rather just live with the voice that I have and be able to do what I can do with it. Me reaching peak level of performative womanhood was not worth that risk. <clears throat> and so getting the perfect, pristine, womanly voice with a surgery was not worth the risk of me losing, possibly losing my singing voice, my tone, what I like about my voice. And so it wasn't I worth see. it. And so I never... I went and researched what the surgery was like, but once my friend went through it and I see other people, I just, I just didn't want to risk it. And so my voice is going to be how it is for the, for the rest of my life. Um, I'll just make it work. If it's, if it's too deep for some people, oh, well, if it's 
not however you like it. Like I said, I've met so many men that I'm, you know, that I've met and that say you just got a sexy ass voice. And so, yeah. yeah so. Giving very, yeah, like you said, giving very Tony. Yeah, D. You know. Um, sultry, sultry, yeah, sultry. Yeah. I get that a lot, and so yeah, some people like that, and yeah, um, you know, that's that's what's up, though. Um, man, I would say you know, I'm a karaoke person. Haven't done it as much because of COVID, um, and found that I can get lower than I thought, kind of thing. Um, oh, let me explain this before you go sure. on that in re- in relevance to what you just said as well. Yeah. So why why hormones work for trans men and not trans women when it comes to the voice is yeah. because during puberty, um, testosterone indicates to the male biological male body to thicken the vocal cords with calcium. And so the cords that actually make sounds out of our throat, our vocal cords, on men, when puberty happens, it, it calcium builds up around them and they get thicker and so their voice gets deeper. And so trans men, when they take testosterone, it makes their vocal cords thicker with calcium, builds that up, and their voice gets deeper. But with trans women, it doesn't take the calcium away. If they if they have already <laughs> right. estrogen, if they have already went through puberty and testosterone has been in their body and, and affected their vocal cords, estrogen in their system does not take the calcium off their vocal, vocal cords. Now, if they start transitioning early, and this is why parents help their children transition early and do testosterone blockers and and do these things that, right. that gives them time to be able to make the decision get prolongs it um puberty blockers so they can make the decision to if, if they want to transition or if they don't want to transition it gives them time because if you start it really really early and block that um that calcium buildup with that t- comes with testosterone testosterone your 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 child if they decide to transition over the time period they will have a softer more feminine voice because they blocked that testosterone that affected their vocal cords later on in life and so but blocking it is not permanently blocking it you can once if they stop any kind of hormones like me for example so i stopped taking hormones in 2000 and 13 and so for five years i was not on hormones and and my my vocal range because remember i got on hormones when i was 16 right so usually people stop people stop growing around 24 okay they stop um having those um having like growth spurts around 24 so from my age from 16 to 24 i was on hormones so puberty didn't get to finish (laughs) whatever whatever was going to happen between 24 between 16 and 24 didn't get to happen so when i stopped hormones in 2013 and i stopped them for five years testosterone being in my body 
And I never had a high, high level of testosterone. Even when I was younger, it uh-huh. wasn't really a high level. But it, be, because testosterone is a stronger chemical than estrogen. Powerful. Yeah, a very exactly. powerful chemical than testosterone on a chemical level. It is a more stronger chemical. It, it only takes a little bit to be, effect, to be effective. And so because I stopped hormones between 2013 and um, five years after that, I can't remember how, whatever, five years. Um, 18, 18, okay. 2018. Yeah. Um, because I stopped estrogen and taking any kind of blockers, my voice changed a step. Like my vocal mm. range went down, just not a step, a half a step. And so whatever was going to happen, testosterone said, hey, we back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we see that we see. Them vocal cords didn't get our extra coat, so here you go. And so during that time, I noticed because I'm a singer, I noticed that there is some um, some range that I that was taken away in that five years. Not to mention age, not to mention um, you know all those things. And so you know, yeah, I lost about a half a a half a um, just a half a step, just a half a step of range. And so um, and I was able to. And I and it went down like I could go further down, like a half a step down too. Oh, wow. <laughs> and wow. so yeah, so that's why when um Jay talks about um, you know, his voice getting deeper, it is because testosterone builds that calcium up around trans men's voices and it does not yeah. take it away. Estrogen does not take it away from trans women's voices. That's why it does not help our voice at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that for folks. Like, it, it, I will say over the years with karaoke, I've actually gained better control on the higher end of my voice, more so than the lower end, um, because I already kind of had a lower voice. I remember in uh, middle school, uh, I was in the choir, you know, in the girls' choir, I don't know, whatever, chorus or whatever class. And the, the teacher pulled me aside and was like, you know, your voice is kind of low. Has anyone talked to you about your getting your hormones? You know, you might want to talk to your parents about getting, you know, talking to the doctor about your voice being so low for a girl. And I just thought that was the biggest compliment. I can, you course. know, oh, right? I was like, oh, shit. You know, we had to sing in fifth grade. We had to sing. Uh, oh, my goodness. We had to sing. What is it? Uh, oh, my goodness. Heal the world. Michael Jackson. And I had a solo, and it was like, there's a place in your heart, and you know that it is love. Yes. Can be brighter. I had to take a bit. I couldn't. I I literally had to go, and this place can be brighter than tomorrow. (laughs) It was hard for me. I literally had to take a breath and, like, you know, put put my hand up. Tomorrow. And um, <laughs> literally, okay, like it's still a gag with one of some of my friends. It's still a gag because it was just like literally, okay, like writing on the wall, girl. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. are you a little trans? Okay. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but been trying to figure it out. Like, you know, um, uh, was it Jill Scott, Eliza on the E flat? So mm-hmm. I'll sing that down. I'm like, you love me in Spanish. I'll sing it down here. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I can't get all the way down, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I do wish, in some ways, that I would have 
you know, messed around my voice, like played with my voice more early in my transition mm -hmm. to get more control over my voice and kind of had to kind of learn it over the years a little bit. And I'm sure you know this trans guys. Sometimes if you're taking testosterone, you know, we don't be loud. We think we talking louder, but we'd be talking soft because we're still speaking from like, a, uh, you know, the head voice. And you're like trying to like people like speak louder and I'm just talking harder <laughs> and, I, and I actually <laughs> louder from the diaphragm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's a it's it voice. The voice stuff is very interesting. It's very interesting. It's interesting to hear your, your journey. Thank you for sharing that. Y'all let us know about you. Like if you a singer, you know what I'm saying? Are you, do you play around with your voice or are you just kind of like, uh, that, is, that is an interesting thing that I have been experiencing, having a hard time doing, finding trans men singers. I, mm. I because I have a song that I want to do with a trans man and finding trans men singer is really, really difficult. And the ones that I find, they are very, very self-conscious. And so it's hard to get them to work on a song. And so, um, yeah yeah it's got it's it's yeah you gotta find your i mean i don't even know my i think i'm a baritone now mm -hmm. okay but like maybe not a fool by like a couple steps and i think that's i think that's where a lot of trans guys a lot of a lot of trans guys and trans masculine folks anybody's taking testosterone that's not female at birth i think when it comes to singing a lot of folks kind of find themselves kind of in between like not like a full baritone mm. you know and so, you know, your kind of your range is kind of off by a little bit. I, you know, I for sure was an alto, clearly, because the teacher was like, honey, you might want to um, talk to your parents about your voice. Uh, it's a little low. Uh, this is middle school. You're in puberty. Uh, you might want to talk to them. Uh, this does not seem regular, common. OK, cool. OK. Uh <laughs> Which can be triggering for somebody for a trend. If you, it, it may not have been for you at the time because you really didn't may have not thought about it. But if you were somebody who were it already affirming, right? It, it felt, felt affirming without me even really having a full consciousness around my. But imagine if you weren't trans, like if you weren't um, somebody who would be affirmed by that. Like if you were a cisgender girl who wanted to be a girl who who was comfortable being a girl, that could be something that could be devastating. Are you sound like saying I sound like a boy? Are you saying especially a girl who wants to, you know, I, I've heard alto women, Phyllis Hyman, she was talking about how, you know, usually they want girls to be soprano or mezzo sopranos. And yes. that's the that's the typical voice is it's feminine, da, 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 da. But when you get into the deeper range, they usually cast you as mothers. They usually cast you as an evil, evil villain like Eveline or they cast you as some a mother or somebody dark, even if you're a young person with a deeper voice. And so and, and then even pop music. And this is what she was talking about. Even pop music, they want you to be in that kind of range. It wasn't a place mm -hmm. for women with darker tones until you get into the era of Anita. You get into the era of early nineties. Um, you, yeah. yeah, you um, get into that era where you had the Tonys and the Anitas, and there was a place. Mary, uh, Mary to a certain extent. Mary, yeah, Mary to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, Phil Simon was saying that 
Yeah, it was it was uh it was a time where it was only they were only making spaces for sopranos and, and mezzos. And so mm. she was like, and you don't feel feminine with your voice because you have this husky, silky oh. tone. Mm. And so as a woman, you uh, you don't feel like um woman enough because you don't have this. And so you they had to go through a process in learning to accept um you know, mm-hmm. this is my woman. Yeah. This is my yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It goes back to what we have said many times on this show, where you know the work around dismantling the gender gender binary is is letting us all be free to be able to be whatever, however we show up in regards to our gender expression, from our voice, from our clothes, from um our look, whatever it is that we want to do, it should be expansive. It should be um less rigid and so these are those nuances that trans people bring to the table and can explain to (laughs) y'all and and can um and can free you from some of the um the discomfort and the shame around some of your um nuances when it comes to gendering yourself and how you don't fit in those boxes you know something to keep in mind like you don't gotta even give it all that energy to i mean that's just another perspective right it's like it's it's arbitrary you know, um, and how is also, how is that showing up with your children? How are you showing up when it comes to your children and things about them that don't live up to your cisgender non-trans children? How right. the things about them that is not living up to masculine standards, feminine standards? What it is? How are you navigating those things? How are you coming into those spaces being tender so they're not so you're not creating complexes? with your children and how you and how you're navigating those different nuances that they could bring to the table. Before we wrap this topic up, I do want to say one place that altos, particularly assigned female at birth altos, who identify as cis women altos, are definitely respected is in a gospel choir. Amen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna break this down by sections. The altos show up, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the alto, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? All right, well, let us know what y'all think. Hashtag versus play. Are you a singer? Are you not a singer? Is this something that you work on, uh, particularly if you are not taking hormones? If you are taking hormones, like what is this? How does this show up in your life in terms of your singing voice, your speaking voice? Are you putting in extra effort? Or how, are you navigating, how are you yeah. navigating dysphoria around your voice? Yes. How are you navigating dysphoria around your voice? Let us know. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria. And the high can never come down from Whoa. So Jay, what yes, yes. is bringing you euphoria this week? Kwanzaa Ah, come on And Guzu Saba, okay? All seven principles Kusha Chakalia, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you, Kwanzaa, no. Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa I grew up celebrating Kwanzaa primarily at church uh, We would do like one, at least one of the days at church um, we was kind of into it, you know, Milwaukee, very, you know, very culturally nationalist. It was an early Kwanzaa place after Oakland where it was started. Um, and so this week, my euphoria is 
celebrating Kwanzaa with a whole bunch of black people mm-hmm. eating food at night with a whole bunch of folks, you know, watching the kids, watching different uh, performances, just being in community space with other black people that love black people feels good in a place that's so like overwhelmingly white and disproportionately has a lot of black folks who don't are like trying to figure their shit out as adults around their blackness and aren't as uh don't who didn't grow up around like black love so it's nice to be in in a space where it's like black people that grew up around black love like the community can be going through all this stuff but when you grow up in a community where it's just black people or not or majority black people our own little universe kind of energy somebody's gonna pour love into you Somebody's gonna, you could be at the gas station, you could be at McDonald's, it might, a stranger, somebody's still gonna, you know, there's there's a level of solidarity that's there despite all the bullshit that we have to navigate in the world with certain folks. Um, and I miss that, the kind of default of blackness, you know what I'm saying? And especially being somewhere that's so white. Um, so it was, it was great, you know? Um, it brought me back to my my little my little rhyme back in the day. Diamond, I used to be like, we need to wake up ourselves, seek consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seek the right leader, cleanse the heart, the soul, the mind, reach for the gold mine of knowledge. Listen to what they spoke, realize it's broke. Realize what we owe to the ancestors, my ancestors. The Atlantic Sea Ocean, millions and millions long gone. That new goose will keep us strong. Thank God for salvation, self-determination, second day of Kwanzaa. That's the way it has to be when the positive <laughs> energy hits me like electricity. So out the business in the soul, remember what I was told. Lay it out on a Makika, let it be the foundation for this beautiful black nation with different shades of melanin because I'll be feeling it, drilling it in your head. Please remember what I said. That's my old school baby rap. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, <laughs> in the heart. You know what I'm saying? You know? So that's brought me euphoria this week is just, you know, being in community with folks and, and, and celebrating. Oh, wow. What about yourself? What's, what's your euphoria this week? So, this is not as good as that one. <laughs> but um, so I um in I went to Paris in April May. Yes, and I have bought these glasses, these Christian Dior glasses. And what I kind of do on a trip, I buy something to mem- to memorize the trip. So I can say, yeah. oh, I got this from this trip. I got this from this trip. I got this from this. So I usually buy one item, something that I really, really like. And so that trip, I bought a few items, but one of my favorite things were these glasses, these Christian Dior glasses. Let me actually go get them so you can see them. Oh. These are my favorite 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 glasses so you better wear them you better wear them (laughs) (laughs) so they are okay they are round and they are you can't really tell too much but they kind of have a like a pink rose gold tint to them yeah and so i love them they remind me of the 70s they were but they're like an update on a 70s style and mm. so I love round glasses. I love like oversized ones and they're not too dark so that I can wear them even on the inside and they still look flat. Cause sometimes sunglasses is too, why it's girl, why are you got them sunglasses on in the, in, in the inside? In the inside. <laughs> These are so light that right, they kind of right. look even, they look good in the inside. So I yeah. love these fucking glasses. So I got them in Paris. And so, I went to Minneapolis a couple of uh-huh. months ago. 
um, for the um, Transgender Equity Summit there, ran by the amazing Congresswoman um, Andrea Jenkins. And she, I was a keynote speaker for that event. And I had an amazing time when I was headed back to the airport. I lost my favorite glasses in, in the Uber. I called the Uber and he says, no, you didn't leave it in my glass. You didn't leave it in my car. I am 100% sure they're left. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So right. you nigga, you lying, but I have to catch the plane. So there's nothing really I can do with it, about it. And these right. are just glasses, but I know everybody has something that is your favorite thing. <laughs> right. And it's irreplaceable. Like there's not another, like there's some mm. things that we have that either they don't sell them no more. They don't. Da, 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 it's right. like that. And so, or you can't find it no more. You just randomly mm. found it and it's your favorite thing. This is one of those things. Like I have tons of glasses, but these are my favorite glasses. And so me losing them, I don't want to say that I was crying because I wasn't crying, but I was very devastated that my glasses was lost because it was my favorite one. And I was on the phone looking for that version. And while I could find another version of it, it was not this color. So they only made two, a darker version, three, a darker version, a gray version, uh, like a dark purple and a gray and a pink. So it was only three. So I could yeah. find the same glasses, but in the darker version. And that's not what I wanted. I actually already have those. <laughs> mm. Already have the darker version. And so it yeah. was the pink ones that were my favorite, the rose gold one. And so I never could find them. I could find the dark ones. I look, 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 look. So I came back this month from my little trip to Egypt. And we'll talk about that on another show. Um, and I looked online. Something told me to look online for my glasses again. I had been searching, 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 but I gave up because they don't make them anymore. Once something go out of season, they don't make them. Ancestors said, look again. Yeah. <laughs> looked again, and somebody randomly was selling it on Amazon. Shut and up. It was only one pair left, and they were brand new. And I immediately ordered them because the I knew um, why not so i ordered them and i was like watch these be the fucking gray ones or watch these be not the ones that i want and wow. so baby it came yesterday in a box and i immediately opened that box and it was this the kind that i fucking oh, wanted and i was like oh my god this has brought me joy all week because i can put yes. my favorite glasses on you got them back <laughs> and i got yes. them back wow and it was that has been bringing me joy because these is just you know we have things that we like when we things that we love and this makes me feel good it makes me feel happy and i love them <laughs> and so me finding them Yes, we're feeling good and happy. Shit. Yeah, I'm finding them. And, and, you know, we don't, we have things that make us, I, I know people feel like some things are, material things are superficial. And they are, but you still like shit. Some people still like shit. <laughs> My, I, have a, I, I have a favorite everything. I have a, I got a couple of toothbrushes. I have a favorite toothbrush. I have a favorite comforter. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a favorite um hat. 
I have, there are certain things that are my favorite things like that yeah. brings me joy. Like I know you've seen that yeah. organization, that organ, organ, organizing TV show on Netflix. Maybe, maybe you have not, but um, it's this little Asian lady and she was, she tells you bring all your shit to the pallet up on the bed and you, and you pick what brings you joy. What is these things that bring uh, you joy? If it doesn't bring you joy, are you not sure about it? Throw that shit away. Only okay. Eat. Like clean house kind of yeah, kind of thing. Kind of like one of those shops. Oh, if it joy. doesn't bring you joy, <laughs> throw it away. Yeah. Even if it's kind of a weak joy, throw that shit away. Uh, if it not does not one. bring you joy. <laughs> and so there are some things that bring you joy. And this was one of those yeah. things that bring me joy. There, It's like has a like, do you see it? It's like a, um, mm-hmm. it shakes it like it. Yeah, it's like yeah. a, it has some hydraulic like the, type of thing or uh, something. Like where the, the doorstopper thing kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, where it bends and it, it has some flexibility. They're just perfect. And so I rarely find things that are just perfect for me. And these were perfect. And me losing them was devastating. So me finding it again brought uh-huh. me joy. And I am going to be really, really careful about not losing them this time. <laughs> <laughs> so that is oh, what wow. has, what has brought me this for just <laughs> euphoria oh, this week. <laughs> That's what brought me this for this euphoria this week, and so yeah, I'm excited about That's my glasses. <laughs> yeah, don't lose them. Not to buy them again I, on eBay. I barely want to take them out the house, child. <laughs> I barely want to take them out the house. Like, I ain't even gonna wear these out the house. but yeah Um, let us know what is bringing y'all euphoria this week um, but it hashtag marcia's play and yeah that was a show we will see y'all next week yeah happy new year Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Baby, you're going to be